Welcome into the official. We got a very special show tonight. Unfortunately, a guest that had been lined up was unable to make it this evening. You know, we're doing the interview series for the month of March and, and maybe into some of April. But, you know, these things happen. And so, of course, coming to my rescue are some of the co-founders of C2C. We've got Austin Nace, at least. We know he will be here tonight and possibly other guests along the way to talk about the freshman guide and really get some input. You know, six or seven of us put this together and you hear the views of uh, myself, Matt and David every week on the official. But there are other voices and perspectives and, you know, processes that went into this guide and go into our rankings of the freshmen as a whole. So you're going to get to peek behind the curtain tonight and listen to kind of what some of the other guys do and what they value and and maybe where the official got some things wrong on some of these guys. You know, we'll see what happens. But thanks for sticking with us. This is the official. Austin, good to see you, buddy. Thanks for covering on short notice. Um, you know, these things happen sometimes. You line up a guest and they don't show up, but thanks for coming to my rescue. So we have some content for tonight. How are you doing this lovely you know, evening? I'm so good. I had to hop on here tonight because I take the month of March uh, and February, for the most part, off from all of our shows. So I haven't had the chance to talk. So my wife is tired of listening to me. <laughs> Um, so I figured I'd hop on here and, uh, and maybe give it to the people a little bit here this evening. Well, thank you. And I know you do take March off. I know you're very busy in your, in your day job, those pesky day jobs. Um, so thanks for taking some time tonight. And, um, I, you know, I kind of want to just talk about the guide, but, but we will go into that a little bit more. You've heard me talk about it before on the official, but before we get started, of course, go visit campusofcanton.com. That's our parent website. Um, you know, Austin could help us help fill in because I'm not the best pitch man, but you know, we've got, we've got rankings, we've got tools, data tools, unlike any other in the industry for college fantasy football, for even NFL dynasty fantasy football. If you play anything on the spectrum between dynasty, Debbie, campus to Canton or college fantasy football, we've got everything you need from articles to tools. Um, and of course the freshman guide all available for you. Uh, starting at a very low price of two ninety nine per month at the lowest level, and going up from there if you want all the goodies. Um, Austin, did I miss anything? No, I think that was everything. I mean, I know try not to be you know too just you know pat ourselves on the back every time we hop on a show and stuff, but I mean, I think we're continuing to grow. We actually just tonight uh, where we announced a new project to our NIL members in our Discord, so that'll be releasing here soon uh, at campuscanton.com. It's C2C month, so who knows? Maybe we have more announcements as the uh, the next couple of weeks co come along here. But uh, yeah, just go check everything out over there. The freshman guide, I think, is is definitely worth the download if you play in any of these formats. Uh, it, it's unique content. You won't find it anywhere else. Um, and quite frankly, it's the first of three guides. We're, we're kicking off guide season here. We just got done with the meeting for the Debbie guide. So, I mean, all these things are, are happening. I really uh, wouldn't want to miss out if I were you. Yes, yeah, so we obviously talk a lot about freshmen here on the official, but that's just the thing that I really like and Matt and everybody, but we've got so much more really along the entire gamut of, of fantasy football, um, even with uh, you know a lot of NFL rookie content for the upcoming draft. So check out campuscanton.com. 
that's more promotion than I normally do. I'm sure Felix is somewhere smiling. Um, but yeah, so I mean, focus tonight on the freshman guide. So this was just released about a week ago. Um, it's, I mean, I would say I have no problem saying this is the most comprehensive freshman analysis anywhere because not only do we tell you you know their stats and what offers they may or may not have where they go which you can find on 247.com we're giving you actual analysis and fantasy implications taking into account depth chart taking into account ceiling taking into account likely role on their team um, and putting it in the context of what is this guy going to do for your fantasy team which nobody in the recruiting industry does 247 on three ESPN rivals. They are just telling you if this player is good or not, but we are putting it contextualizing it into the fantasy world. So I think our guide is truly one of the most unique things on the planet when it comes to freshman scouting and me and Matt and David talk about that all the time. Austin, what is your general approach? I know that you are a film guy. Um, but we have obviously taken into a lot of account some of these metrics and things that we do uh, behind the scenes in the official. It's kind of the impetus for starting the official was, hey, let's look at recruiting from a little bit of a different angle. Of course, you have to take into account film, but kind of what's your process? Just walk us through. You're one of the six or seven rankers, I guess, on the guide, and your voice is equally as important. So show, well, show, tell, tell us a little about your – is important. Your, uh, Man, that's that's good to hear. Um, no, so, I mean, I think – this year was really interesting because I think we changed up a lot about what we do collectively altogether. I mean, I think last year we really, really learned a lot. I, I think last year's product was was good and I was proud of what we did, but we really fine tuned, you know, from a more standardized grading process. Like we're all using the same templates now to kind of go through and watch these guys and, and pop out a grade. We've obviously got our, our trusty sidekick um, um, uh, uh, model that Matt uses that Matt has that that kind of gives you a, an idea on some of these things, you know, things that we're all familiar with production profiles, athletic scores, um, you know, uh, strength or, you know, strength of competition gets factored into it. I believe like all these things that, that you think of and, and no one's ever really thought to quantify or, or not on a, a mass scale we've done. So I think this year is really my first year where like, I'd go in, like I'd watch a guy, I try not to have any real preconceived notions, except for the fact that, you know, you guys were ahead of me, I think, the whole time, or at least after June, July, into the class. You guys would be like, "You guys got to go watch this guy." Yeah, okay. I see why they said go watch him. Uh, not always, but but I, but I had a lot of those guys. But I did find this year a lot. Like I would go through, I'd watch, I'd watch a guy, I would come up with my own conclusion, and then I'd go in and see that like you guys all like hated this guy, for instance, you know, in this this uh, this example, and I would be like, okay, like. Maybe I'm missing something. I'd go look and see, and oh, he his arm sucks. Like his max velocity over expected is like negative, or you know his miles per hour. Like I thought he looked fast on tape, but he's only running you know 19.8 miles per hour. Or, you know some of those things were in the past. You'd kind of just rely on the the eye and the initial watch through, and now I get to kind of consider all of those things. So I did find myself on several guys this year. I'd watch them, and then I, I ended up tweaking them throughout the process, kind of closer to our median grade i know you don't do that at all um which is good i mean, <laughs> I, I know you i've got i've gotten bullied i've gotten bullied um no i think that it's real those are all really good points and, and and that's how i work as well i mean i will tweak based on some of those things and and like matt likes to say the numbers don't lie you know you can look at a guy there's a guy um 
I was ready to, to label him as a, as a true sleeper, a quarterback who's headed to uh, San Diego State. I can't remember his name. It's like a hyphenated, kind of a longer name. But Oh, I know you're talking about. Yeah, it's like a Polynesian type name too. Yeah, right? yeah. I think so. And, and I watched his tape and I was like, this guy's got some, some stuff. I mean, he's mobile. I thought his alarm looked fantastic. Um, and then, you know, his velocity over expected per Matt's, uh, you know, numbers was really, really low. And I said, does he have a noodle? And Matt's like, I think so. And I would, and then I kind of watched it again with that context in my head. And I was like, okay, I can kind of see it. I mean, sometimes you lie to yourself. I think some, we're humans, right? Sometimes you do watch and you kind of want a guy to be good. And I feel like you make some excuses or you say, oh, I think that was, that's not bad. That's not bad. But, you know, if you go by the numbers, sometimes these guys just don't have certain attributes and you have to take into account. So did you have a guy in this year's class that, that did the opposite of that? Like you thought he had a noodle and then we were like, oh, he actually has like a crazy or yeah. like or, you know, the max miles per hour. Because Malachi Nelson was like that for me. Like I thought his yeah. arm was like average and he had like the sixth or seventh best arm in the class. That shocked right. me when you guys said that. Right. Uh, I don't know if there was a guy like that for me this year, um, but but, I, you know, every year there's it's kind of a new mixed bag of different things. Um, there was a guy who I thought was a lot faster or a lot slower. And then it turns out he was really fast. Um, I can't remember. But, you know, that was another one where he just kind of looked like a long stride. Oh, I think it was. Oh, I, oh, it was Cordell Russell. You know, this guy. Oh, yeah, TCU. yeah, yeah. I, I agreed. I thought so he was tall, like, yeah, yeah. With long limbs. And, you know, he just doesn't look like he's running that fast. And he's one of the fastest pure velocities on the ground in our entire class, like over 22. That's like world-class NFL MPH right there. Um, and he just doesn't look like it, but he's just got these strides. Like Randy Moss. I mean, Randy Moss never looked that fast, but he was one of the fastest guys in the NFL. He's he, he, with at least he didn't legs. look fast, like, until you – like an isolation. Like if you just yeah, watch you see Randy Moss run by away, himself yeah. – a whole hundred yards and there was nobody else within the vicinity of him, you would think, okay, he's pretty fast. Like he looks, he looks speedy. Yeah. And then you see that he's gained 10 yards on the corner in like three seconds. You're like, okay, like, yeah, this guy's probably with those good. just, yeah. And I think Russell is a guy who could be, uh, I mean, he, I've bumped him up. I've bumped him up considerably. My original thought was like, oh, he's just this boundary X only guy. You know, I don't love those types anymore. That's just kind of falling out of favor in all levels of football. And like, I just thought he was super limited and turned out he's not that limited for one, I learned. But um, also he just has some absolutely insane athletic ability that I wasn't accounting for because he just kind of looked a little slower. Oh my gosh, breaking news. I think we have a special guest here ready to join us, folks. Oh, maybe not. <laughs> uh maybe we're gonna have a special guest in a few minutes um i'm seeing some thank me thank me thank me okay we do have a special thank guest me. uh alfred austin it's really uh your pleasure for having me here gentlemen it's really uh again it really is fun. it is i mean this is very fun you guys were both um maybe austin said he'd come on we're just kind of chewing the fat a little bit on process let's chew the fat how we um, go about, you know, ranking some guys. Austin was saying sometimes he's using metrics then to verify what he's seeing on film or not. Felix, how are you using metrics? I know we all know it's no secret that technology, statistics, and math might not be your forte. Um, you're a talker. What are you trying to say? You're trying to say? I, you say it yourself. Um, but anyway. Listen, I don't think that this is terribly difficult, to be honest with you. Um, I think that the traits that we're looking for 
in the NFL. Everyone knows what, what they are. You just have to watch enough players to find them and sift them out. Anthony Richardson, whether it be Anthony Richardson, Ramondre Stevenson, uh, Zach Wilson, I mean, we know what makes it to the NFL. There's a certain size, strength, there's speed, there's, you know, the ball comes out a certain way. I don't think that this is terribly difficult to find. Drew Aller has played, started no games. I can tell you he will be a first-round draft pick in 2025. I just believe that to be true. He just has it. I So my process is to look for those things and those players and to watch a lot of them and to find them. I mean, I, it's, just not, it's really not rocket science, in my opinion. Sometimes there's a guy that's lower rated. Maybe it's a Cal Swanson. Maybe it's a Quinshawn Judkins. Maybe it's an Andrew Paul. Why is Andrew Paul 220 pounds? And as a 21.6 miles per hour, he has lateral agility and he's a three-star. I don't really care how many stars he is. That is an NFL body type, NFL athleticism. What What else? What? That's. It's not, you know, it's, you don't have to be Daniel Jeremiah to figure it out all the time. So, um, I don't know well, I agree with you that on the, on the high end, there are guys that, I mean, you watch enough players like we have here. I mean, I think all of us went at least 150 skill position players deep so we're not talking overall we're talking about only of the three positions that matter for fantasy or four um which is a lot of players when you go 150 200 deep of only those players you watch enough you see it i mean i sometimes i don't have to watch 30 seconds of tape and i'm like this is nothing there's nothing here or you watch two plays and you're like okay there's definitely something here i mean it doesn't take that long uh, for to, a true to write for a true sleeper guy, I think they almost have to do something in the first like twenty Immediate. seconds. Immediate, yeah. Like if I if I pop on like wide receiver one ten, and this dude, you know, it's a, you know it's a little out. You know, there's no release, there's no burst off the line. You know, he catches it fine. It's like, okay, well, whatever. We like, we we all know we've watched enough highlight tapes in games that specifically for highlight tapes, the best play that the player has to offer is always one. the first. Yeah. Play yeah. is play number one. So if it ain't in the first couple of plays, they don't really have the juice. So I, I think for some positions you can find that, for, but for quarterback, you definitely have to watch games because, you know, consistency on a down-to-down basis is just as important as, you know, if you can throw the ball 60 yards. So, you know, I, that's the one area where I will caution. You really want to see the strengths and weaknesses uh, that a player that has physical gifts at the quarterback position, you know what those weaknesses are because, you know, we, Michael Pratt is a guy with outstanding physical gifts. I don't know that he's necessarily a NFL first round draft pick because of his down to down consistency. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, you just, just at that position is definitely important to watch game long action. Arch Manning, I think, is the opposite of that in this year's class. Or like, yeah. like I think he, if you like, you watch and you see he does have that consistency. But I don't think his highlights are like you know, the the most impressive that I've ever watched. I think I could probably name eight to ten guys in this class that if I just sat down and watched their their first five minutes on huddle, mm-hmm. that it would probably look better than Arch. And I think that's been a lot of the kickback on him. But if like you go sit and watch his games, like he's like audibling. At the I line know, of scrimmage. and like, drawing guys. Well, high school off, quarterback off is like audibling at the line yeah. of scrimmage, and you know, like, I mean, hard counts, multiple yeah. hard counts, guy drawing guys off sides. Like you just don't see that. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's one of the right, reasons so- why I like Jake Hayner. Jake Hayner has no physical tools, but <laughs> he can see a contested catch forty yards down the field, and without looking to the sideline, you know, a, a, a catch that's going to be reviewed, get his team up to the line of scrimmage, and run the next play to prevent the replay. I mean, I mean, that's little Brady stuff, stuff like that. 
That's Brady it stuff. Is. You know, where and the, these really elite Boston, NFL level quarterbacks. Are bringing up Jay Kaner? Here's <laughs> like <laughs> Jay Kaner is basically a bum, but. No, but but um, those are those are important things. Yeah, I, yeah they're important. You things. watch enough NFL stuff, like the best of the best quarterbacks in the NFL, they're getting PI and they're not getting PI out of luck. They're like you said, they're seeing this is going to be a problem for the DB. I'm going to throw it, and it may be caught, or it's going to be PI. Like they, they're or what does your perfect. what does your offensive coordinator choose to run on third and twelve from your own thirty yard line? I mean, there there are little things like that. There's the difference between Drake May. And DJ Uyunglele in that respect. I mean, you could just see like a, a a a team that does not have confidence in its signal caller when you get to those challenging situations in the down and distance, and they're like, ah, you know what? Let's let, let's let's run a draw here and live to fight another down. If you're a college offensive coordinator or a high school offensive coordinator, or whatever you're looking, if they don't have faith in you, it's unlikely that you're going to get that endorsement at the next level. Whatever. Also. Also a good point. All right, so we threw out our first real name of the class, Arch Manning. Um, I, I think we've talked about these players a lot, I mean, at this point. But I think the guide is out. And I think we have a nice uh, – this is page eight here. I'm looking, and, and I thought there's a really nice inclusion this year, which was the tiers from 2022 side-by-side side with the tiers from 2023. And it was kind of eye-opening. I think one thing that is worth talking about right here for our listeners, I don't think this is something that's been talked about too much uh, by the official or even some of our other shows. We changed the way that we like graded this year. I mean, we had a more consistent, um, uniform grading system. And obviously our numbers would come out differently based on how we evaluated players. But um, you know, person to person, process to process was a little bit more streamlined. And interestingly enough, I wonder if some of that created a big tier three. Like we have twice as many QBs in tier three this year as we did last year. And we reviewed probably the same amount of total players. Um, you know, any thoughts on that? That tier one is still three. Tier two last year is a couple more, maybe two more than this year. And then tier three is just massive for us, um, at least on quarterbacks. Any thought about that, Austin or Felix, in terms of uh, – maybe putting these numbers down in a uniform way had guys, you know, kind of showing up in that middle range. I think when we're thinking about this, usually when you rank people of any rank of any kind of ranking, there's going to be that bell curve. These handful are elite. These handful are terrible. And everybody is in the middle. Is that what happened this year? Which, like, which question, which question do you want us to answer here? Oh. I, don't, I have no idea. Why do you think there's such a big middle group this year versus last year? I, I, I honestly have no answer. For, I mean, we implemented a different system this year than we did last year. So it's, some of this stuff is automated based on the data in addition to, you know, the input we have and our individual values. So, I mean, that's the answer, uh, to the question. And quite frankly, it's probably going to be similar moving forward because we will tweak the process, but we have a good baseline um, to build from in future years. If I'm still around. I I wish people were bigger haters on some of the guys. Like I don't want us to nuke a kid or write like, you know, I I never want to talk about, uh, about any of these kids potential possibly because, you know, we, we try to build relationships with some of these guys and we've had, you know, we've had justice Haynes on a show. We've had Kyle McCord on a show. Like, and we've continued to build, you know, uh, Ashton Genty, Damian Martinez, like, and we're trying to continue to these relationships um, just to, you know, 
because they're good kids and because we like talking to them and because it's a good relationship to have. So we never want to be like, you know, this dude sucks. This guy <laughs> will never do anything. You know, right. we, we try to, 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 to present, you know, a, even if we, we have a lot of unfavorable things in the profile, you can still say, you know, well, he, I mean, he's an F he's got, he's gotten FBS offers. Like he's going to go to a power five school. Like, yeah, maybe he's going to sit there, but that's better than, you know, 99.99% of us will ever do it anything in life. But I do think some of, especially in quarterback is one that was magnified. In my opinion, there's a lot of guys in our tier three that I think really don't have a lot of business being there. Mm-hmm. Like if I was in a C2, I have 23 draftable quarterbacks. If you're in a supplemental draft this year. And then I have about 12 guys that made our guide that I just don't think are draftable at this stage, you know, unless you're yeah. in a really deep league or, or you just, your league's quarterback happy and you kind of have to snag these guys early. And I think just some of the guys that fell into our tier three that I would say that about, like, I don't have a, a, a draftable grade on JJ Cole going to mm-hmm. Iowa state. Same. I, I think other than his arm and, you know, prototypical size, quote unquote, there's nothing that he offers that I would be interested in at all. A guy like Zane Flores going to Oklahoma State. I don't think he's a draftable player at this stage because I'm uncertain if he ever actually plays at Oklahoma State. Like, I think there's a handful of guys in there that I'm like, realistically, like, if they can't survive next offseason's waiver cuts at the end of the year, I'm kind of trying to maneuver my roster, then they're probably not worth taking this year. So that like there, there are a handful of guys in there that I just think like probably didn't belong. I think that's because some of you guys are too nice with your grades, but at the end of the day, it's six or seven of us. We average together. It pops out the final number. It is what it is. So be it. Yeah. I, well, I mean, well, no Austin, one's gonna... you hit on something there about the answer being, is the player good or bad? Oftentimes that it, the answer is, well, it depends if you deploy them in this way or that way, or if your team is built, Austin Mack comes off the, the, the top of my head. You know, he's a guy with all sorts of physical tools, but was really well protected there in California. And, you know, his strength seems to be the middle of the field. So if you aren't going to protect him and ask him to throw outside of the numbers frequently, I don't know that he can do that. But if you protect him and throw him and throw and throw the ball in between the hashes, at least for, to help him build confidence, he may be able to do that. You know, uh, you know. So there are, if you go to running backs, there are some running backs who can't get to the edge, but they can break tackles. Maybe they can't catch the ball downfield, but they can catch the ball fine on screens. So it's it's rare. I think it's rare where the answer is a clean yes or no. Is X player good? Someone, someone, someone took at least one week's worth of law school classes. You figure that out. Real early in the semester, the, the answer to everything is it depends on the it professor. Depends. I didn't read last night. I, it depends. I, I don't know if you get cold called. Yeah, I mean, it, it really does. <laughs> well, you, you make a good point. And I think Austin touched on something too. And, and this is where I struggle a little bit to giving guys like really bad grades, like a one uh, in a certain category or something like that, because, um, you know, they're all getting FBF offers. So like, I may be like, oh, his accuracy is terrible, but I mean, he's got an old Miss offer and a, Baylor offer, whatever. And so I'm like, well, he's not that bad. So it's hard for me to give these guys like a tank grade. Um, so anyway, I, I think you do wind up with a little bit of a middle ground, but you know, go, of course we'll keep tweaking it, but it'll be interesting to see because it was very clearly a huge middle class in the quarterback rankings this year. I, I think, I think gut adjustments are a big part of that. I'm sorry to, to hop in here real nope. quick, Alfred. So, and I, 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 I'm not going to like lie <laughs> about how I do this. So I sit down, I watch the player. 
And if I'm like kind of, you know, I, I so I, I do my grade, my number grading, and then I have a sheet, Alfred, you've seen it for every single player that I put down, like all of their information. I link like their 24 seven profile, their on three profile, their max preps profile. Like I do, and I do like a full write up on them as well. So then when we go in to do the guide, you know, I sit down and watch a minute or two of them to refresh myself, but I've got my notes here and I've got my grade here and I can put together the, the bulk of this write up um, that way. So I'm sitting there, you know, with my two things now kind of like right as I'm doing it, I'm grading and I've got my two screens going and I get to the end and the grade is like pretty good, but I like watch the player and I come when I'm like that guy, like I, it wasn't anything great. Like he's probably a, a slightly below average player for the class for what I've watched so far. I will kind of like bump the numbers down. Like even if like in the moment that wasn't like what I felt as I was watching it, if like the totality of the player didn't quite match that. And I, I did that, you know, for a lot of players, especially as the process goes on, you know, player has a really good all-star circuit at the end of the year. Okay, maybe I maybe I bump him up a little bit. You know, I, his 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 release package as a wide receiver. Okay, I had him at 3.75. Maybe we'll bump that up to like a 3.9 to, you know, bump him above this guy or to move yeah. him into this tier. Like, I think I, I call them gut adjustments. But I, and I think, you know, I don't know how many of us do them, but I would assume a lot of us do. And I think it's... I think it's a good thing to do. Like, I, I, I think, you know, you don't want to just be married to the, 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 the grading rubric. And that's like it. And that's all you're going off of. You have to trust your gut well, at some point too. Yeah. One thing that I really like about our system is at least for me, the way I do it, for those who don't know, we basically have a sheet of players and we sign up to write for them. And the, the sheet does not have their height, weight, how many stars, what have you. And so, you know, that's where I'm really discovering who these players are without any context. So it allows me to be objective about my feelings for that particular player. So there could be a three-star player. You know, I'll eventually find out that they're a three-star at some point at writing them up. But it's just really interesting when, you know, Cal Swanson comes off the top of my head. I'm like, I don't, I don't understand why. Why is this guy a three-star when he can – run all over the place he has a rocket for an arm and his if you watch the games his offensive line and wide receivers are terrible specifically that little slot wide receiver who can't catch anything so i mean <laughs> like i i like that um i like being able to to go in blindfolded i guess without any preconceived notions about what these players are. No, of course, some of the higher name players, you know, those names, you know, Dylan Royola next year, everybody knows who that is. But when I start getting into these freshmen, you know, here in a couple of weeks, cause I don't think I'm, I don't think I'm helping with the Debbie guide. It's it, I will go in with, you know, with, with, with uh, eyes open and just be able to, to look at the player on film and see what data David and Matt have put together and see if that's a good player. And that's, it's really like opening a Christmas present every single time you you watch a new player. Some of the presents are good. Some of the presents are, you know, sucks. Returns. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I think that it's been really good. I try to be rankings completely agnostic when I go in just like you um, because I just want to watch these players. And you, I've done this for a pretty good amount of time now and also done a lot of analytics looking at even the, uh, you know, historically – uh, pillars of the industry 24 seven and on three as a new person, but like their hit rate isn't great. I mean, so why would you, you know, I want to do it on my own because that hit rate, I feel like I can do better. And frankly, um, you know, C2C 
was at least as good. And in some positions, we were better than the historically foundational recruiting services. So I do think there's a little bit to say, I don't care if he's a three-star. This guy has it, and I don't know why he wasn't ranked. Maybe he didn't go to the camps or something. You know, there's a lot that goes into those service rankings that isn't quality of play. You know, there's stuff that goes in. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, if you see a guy – like we had Andrew Paul last year. Like, he's awesome. And he was really awesome until he got injured. He was he was running ahead of Branson Robinson. So I think we got that right. But um, – all right, moving quickly to quarter, uh, from quarterbacks to running backs, because running backs, you know, despite the way that the NFL is going in college football and the spread and receivers and all this, if you have a stud workhorse running back, that's still the best thing in fantasy. Uh, that still might be the most rare thing in fantasy, honestly, a true workhorse running back. Um, three down, 30 touches a game in college kind of guy. <clears throat> we only have one in tier one this year compared to four in tier one last year. I think as we went through this process, we kind of have been saying for a while, this class is kind of deep. There's a lot of guys you can pick and choose what you like, but there's no one who stands out as a total beast the way that we had four guys who were total beasts last year. So Austin, I know you've already put together a little bit of like your own personal draft strategy as you head into draft season. You've said you wanted to get one or two, uh, one of the top four quarterbacks and like one of the top, three or four running backs maybe how are you approaching that this year i mean there's not a lot to bank on at running back after we have baxter in tier one and then after that it's like eh, you know maybe i'll wait maybe i'll grab two or three later because there's just depth not elite high end well it's funny and i want to chat here with felix for a second because like i i know i i actually have two players in my tier one personally and felix baxter who is our our consensus tier one guy is not your top running back you have Justice Haynes is your top running back. So I think there is some ambiguity as to, and he's yours too, Alfred. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I think there is some ambiguity as to, you know, is there just one really good guy and then nobody else is, is, is that great? I think there are some other interesting backs, but for me, it is the top six. Uh, and my top six are slightly different than, than ours as a group. And then it's, um and then it's just a bunch of crap. So yeah, I, I'm trying to get, Elite. I don't want to say crap. That's rude. Uh, it's just yeah. You just got through saying you didn't want to tell. You the the profiles that. are not that projectable, or they're yeah. going to really difficult landing spots, or you know, it's it, and when I mean pr- you know projectable profile, you know they never caught passes in high school, so we have mm-hmm. no idea. Or they're 175 pounds today. <laughs> like the the odds of them getting there um, yeah. are pretty low. So I mean, I think it's it's a really tough class. I, I could see. I, I said this two years ago about that class when they came out, like not the Nick Singleton clash, the, like the one before that with like Anders and these guys. And I said, outside of Travion and Shipley, the next best running backs in this class are all going to be guys that are like way outside the top, like 30, 40, 50. It's just like how that class. And, and Raheem situated Sanders, was, was, was Raheem Sanders a three-star? Yeah. And he was an athlete. He was supposed to be and a wide receiver. Athlete, yeah. <laughs> and we, I mean, anybody who consumes our content <clears throat> in their C2C leagues, had Raheem Sanders on the on the roster. I kind of yep. forget some of our hits. I mean, but we had Quinshawn Judkins last year and the year before that. Uh, uh, Raheem Sanders, which is who's probably going to be Devin Neal. He's going to be running back Devin two Neal, or yeah. three in his own yeah. class once he comes. I mean, he's going to yeah. he's like a top ten overall. It's not player. it's not rocket science. I mean, we're all <laughs> looking for the same things. Uh, rocket Sanders was six one two twenty could catch the ball. I mean, this is not this is not fairly difficult i do think that yeah it's not rocket science but i do think you have i mean historically i i believe 
in this world that we are in and we've created this website around C2C and all this, but like people just got really uncomfortable moving away from what 247 composite was. I mean, they're like, people just went down those lists and we came in and said, you know what? Like you're saying, this isn't that hard. Raheem Sanders should be a whatever tier guy. Quinchon Judkins should be a top 10 guy. Nobody else had that. We were saying it all year. And the beauty of C2C is last year, Quinchon Judkins was like fourth, fifth round pick. I mean, you could, you could draft him literally in every single draft. You never had to like, you know, um, you never had to give up a high end pick or something like that. You could have him on every single team. Like you didn't, you just pick up automatic fourth round and nobody was even going to challenge it. So who, who's so. that guy this year? Is it, is it, <coughs> is that the guy? He, not for he's me. He's not ready to play running back yet. I mean, I really not like him. Oh, so he's, yeah. In the sense that he comes in right away and does something. Yeah. I, I, I think a guy that, like, like that it, for me could be like Cordell Russell. I know we're talking about running backs, but like a wide receiver who's going to be, Probably overlooked. I mean, you know, he's a fairly high-end guy, but he's a four-star. But I think – What do you – I mean, do you have a guy like that, Felix? I, I know there – I saw the guy that you are talking about the other day when you said you found your Ramondre in this class. Uh, well, that's exactly where I was going to go. Khalifa Keith headed to Tennessee. Mm. He's be overshadowed by Cam Seldon there. Cam Seldon, yep. very athletic. <laughs> Khalifa Keith was injured his senior season. But this is a bigger back, six – one or six two, he's listed he's he's like anywhere between two twenty, yeah, anywhere between two twenty and two thirty five. Now his frame offers your strength and conditioning program a lot of options. You can be, you can say, all right, we want to play him at two forty, and he's going to be a, going to be a between the tackles grinder, or we're going to play him a little bit leaner and have him be a more explosive player. I mean, I you know. Whether or not these guys – it was the same way last year with Amarian Hampton. I was a big fan of Amarian Hampton. And he had – I mean, he was one of our freshmen of, freshmen of the week uh, uh, last yeah. year. So I'm he very four times a game or three times a game or something. With with uh, with where Amarian Hampton landed. And I would put Khalifa Keith in the same kind of you know uh, profile as far as running back, bigger player with very light feet, some speed. I don't know if he can catch the ball, but, you know, probably didn't – I had to put him in the guide, by the way. He was not in the spreadsheet, and I'm just here looking for players, and I had to put him in. I'm like, how are we not including this guy? So, Khalifa Keith would be uh, that guy for me this year. Now – And Keith is going to be way down. I mean, you're talking like yeah, 10, he's 10 free. round. I mean, he, yeah, he's, he's going to I was going to say, free. we're talking about if you draft him, it's the 15th pick in your supplemental draft, you know, round 44 in the startup draft. Well, now it's yeah. you know round twelve, round thirteen, because we 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 but, make the ADP um, here at CCC. <laughs> I, 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 I do think there. I was. I do think there are two guys that could fit the category that like I didn't love them, but I think that you can see the opportunity. Uh, Carson Hansen at Iowa State is one, and for the record, mm-hmm. I still believe in Cartavius Norton, but we'll see how he comes back from injury. Can he stay healthy? Is going to be yeah. another question there. But I wouldn't be shocked if Caleb Hicks ends up surprising some people at Oklahoma this year. I don't like love, big, love Caleb, Caleb Hicks, but I don't know that he's significantly worse than Javante Barnes like at all. And the way it seems like they're setting up that backfield is is basically splitting it between two, maybe three guys if they have to. But he seems like he's the direct understudy for for Barnes. And if something were to happen to Barnes, then I think we see a lot of him because the other options are all small backs. Like I don't know that they can get away with just running Gavin Sawchuk and Dalen Smothers. 
uh, out there 30 times a game. Like I, they'll just get crushed, the both of them. So I think Hicks is a really interesting guy. And he didn't play that much as a senior uh, or at all as a senior. Was, he tried to transfer. Or what was what was the issue? Oh, with him? I'm not account? sure. Maybe I, I thought he played senior year because I maybe he, did, maybe he did. Maybe this, but I mean, so I, I just think he's a unique guy. Where like I I don't know. There's no buzz there, but I I could see him going in there and and being okay. And if something were to happen, stepping in and and doing doing well. Yeah, and there's a guy here um, that I've liked throughout the whole process, and he was a late flip when Purdue and Louisville changed coaches. He was a Purdue commit. Now he's going to Louisville. And he's not huge. He's not like Khalifa Keith. So he's not like what Felix looks for. And, you know, this hulking Derrick Henry type guy. But he's like 5'9". He's over 200 pounds, 210, I think, 215 maybe. Kewan Brown. And he's walking into a Louisville backfield. Yeah, that's a good one. There's nothing. There's nobody. He's not the most physically dominant guy. Usually when we're looking for these sleepers, we're looking like the Damian Martinez. But that was a great one from last year. You could draft him with the absolute last pick in every single freshman draft. No questions asked, and the guy ran for a thousand yards as a true freshman because he was 220 pounds and ran, you know, 21 miles an hour. Um, Keon Brown isn't quite that, but he's a guy going to a great, uh, great spot, um, and um, should be a good offense. Keith Willis Jr. is another one. This is truly a guy you can get in the last pick of every single draft if you want. He's going G5, so I think some of that, you know, power five breakout is unlikely unless he transfers, of course. But he is super impressive and going to a backfield that has nobody. I mean, and these are guys that, like, they're just – it's just too many players for anyone to really wrap their minds around. And so there is a ton of value late, and which is another reason why – I mean, don't even get into this, I guess. But, like, I mean, drop back in your drafts, too. Grab two extra, three extra picks in, in, the, in the later rounds, and you can find all these guys using our guide. To, this is you know, a- this is a tough year. It's going to be a tough year on people. Um, Cause I mean, I'm sure you're the same way Alfred, especially because you run the official and everything where I get once sub draft season rolls around 10 different DMS from 10 different people a day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, either they're like, Oh, my league mates are in the discord, which always actually warms my heart when they say that, like I can't yeah. post in there. Cause like all my league mates are in there. Give me somebody. No one else is talking about. Like, yes. we talk about everybody. I don't know. What or you're like, you know, I have to choose between like these five players. And in reality this year, like I'm lucky enough that I, I I've gotten rid of all, a lot of my dynasty leagues. I'm, I'm mostly just on C2C. Now I have, yeah, yeah 12 to 14 I'm, of them I'm i believe and i'm as well i'm not adding anymore but I'm, I'm happy with where i am and like across them like in some of them i'll take darius taylor the running back going to minnesota in some of them i'll probably end up taking keith willis jr in that same range I'll, yeah. I, and maybe another one i'll take caleb hampton going to stanford and another one i'll take parker jenkins like i think this is the year where you just either you have a lot of picks in that range or across your leagues it's a portfolio and it's just yeah. diversify 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 and that might just be i mean that's what i that is what i'm going to do this year outside of my top six running backs it's just going to be a, a cluster of whoever i can end up grabbing in a whoever falls into a particular range but so it makes it harder to give advice to people, but I think it's a fun one because, you know, I, uh, at the end of the next year, you know, Jamarius Haynes at Clemson might be worthless. Mm-hmm. So in that league, I didn't hit anything, but another one, Michael Mitchell going to Utah ended up taking the starting job. And I got, you know, in, in, in a third I'm gonna have two or three more him, years, so. uh, 1500 yards or something. Cause that it, offense it, is going to yeah. pound the ball. So. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Um, let's skip wide receivers just for the sake of time. I mean, I think you can find some elite guys, but for the most part, receiver you can always find a receiver almost i mean except for when you're talking about the real big difference makers and move to tight end and this is a position we take seriously here at c2c 
Um, whereas I think a lot of places and services we, we don't talk about it on any of our shows or <coughs> other stuff but we do take it seriously i promise we do um well no but in our valuation and stuff and then we got chris moxley who's always about taking early tight ends in his freshman draft this year uh you know there's a guy i really like i've been beating the drum for for so long juice robinson what are you doing with him he's an interesting story this year and then you know, do you have another guy that you're like, I do want to try to leave a decent number of drafts with a, a one particular other tight end um, as you've gone through all these guys? I and mean, we, we ranked what, like 10 to 15? Yeah. Which I think it's pretty it, impressive just because, you know, it, it is a forgotten position. And I think at this level, it's hard to project. It's one of the harder ones to project. There's so much weight that needs to be gained. Will they retain athleticism, roll in an offense? All that's hard at tight end, I think. So um, anyway. Anyone you are are really zoning in on, and what are you doing with Deuce? Yeah, every year there's like a non-zero chance, and like you know, that feels like it trivializes it that like a DN ends up being the best tight end of the class. Yeah, it's yeah a guy that we're not even yeah. talking about today, so it, it does make it difficult. Uh, regarding Deuce, I uh, I I think he's totally at this point at this stage in in what the information that we have is how like a, a risk reward like how much risk are you willing to take on proposition and i think it starts re relating to the cost that you have to spend to get deuce robinson if i have to spend a first round supplemental pick on this kid yeah i'm not gonna do that because a it's a tight end it's a position that doesn't necessarily hold a ton of value you know the the, the guys that do are few and far between but because we might never actually see him play football and you guys have talked about it on the show i mean i listened to the the official weekly he I don't think he wants to play football. Like, I don't either. I, I think if you gave him the option today, like you're going to get drafted in the top 50 picks of the MLB draft, and that like you have to choose that, he would say, "Sold. Who's taking me? Where am I going?" I'm sure if a team does that, like for I'm not that familiar with baseball. I, I live in Pittsburgh. I'm a Pirates fan. Like I've literally had nothing to be happy about my entire <laughs> life in that regard. But like when they draft these guys, they have like a range of. They basically have like buckets of money that they can give and right. they can spread it out amongst the players. So if you're taking a guy like Deuce Robinson at that value as an MLB team, you're probably going to spend more than the draft slot is worth out of your bucket of money. Because if you're taking him there, you believe in him and you want to lure him away from football to make it to make him right. a baseball player. So like the scenarios where he doesn't play football ever, I think are way more realistic than people want to believe so i i think you start considering him around pick 20 to 25 in a draft but i can't stomach ticking him before that especially with this is such a good tight end class i mean felix you just popped back in here so you must have something you want to say about the tight ends here do you have a guy that you love or, or what are you thinking about deuce robinson or, i don't or? have a guy that i love i'll tell you this though if any kid has the opportunity to be drafted by Major League Baseball, they should absolutely take that opportunity. You can kiss Georgia or USC or whomever's uh, football program goodbye because it's just the smart decision financially to go play that sport that doesn't take as much of a toll on your body that you play in the summertime and you know that you can play until you're 45 years Jeff old. Jeff Samarja, baby. If anybody remember That's Jeff right. Samarja? Oh yeah, he was Brady a good What do you mean? Who does yeah. people? Let me do people remember Jeff Samarja. I mean, that was I, not that long ago. I wish we could live pull our entire membership at C2C while we're doing this show to see how many people remember. I bet it is fewer than you want to believe. I, it was longer ago than you realized. But, yes, I do remember Samarja. Um, I also remember rostering him in plenty of baseball leagues, and he's a, he's a pretty um, infuriating pitcher. But um, <clears throat> he's still made oh, it all by. the way. Bye, Felix. Thanks for joining. Um <clears throat> 
Okay, so I agree with you on Deuce, and I just want to take a very small victory lap. I haven't done this too much because Matt gave me so much crap about it. Deserved. I deserved. Okay, I said this guy doesn't love football. Okay, I just he never seemed to be a guy that like, didn't have a dog in him. Okay, and I and I did not love his his athleticism is undeniable, but I just didn't think like this guy's not going to make it. Maybe I'll be wrong. Maybe he end up will being the next Darren Waller, but I think right now I'm I'm looking a little bit smart. Um, then I'm going to throw out another name here. I think you and I both really like Andrew Rappelier. Pretty much the opposite of Deuce Robinson, where like this guy freaking eats. Like he's going to be annoying in the in how much he loves football. Like he's going to be that guy in the locker room who's just like I love to come to practice every single day, and everyone's going to roll their eyes. Like. But he's going to make it. I think this guy looks to me like an NFL tight end already. Um, he's got the requisite size. He's got enough twitch. I mean, that's the thing with him is twitch, twitch, twitch. I don't know about the super long speed, but, like, he can run routes. He can, you know, quick outs. He run, he does all sorts of stuff behind the line of scrimmage as well, um, taking hands off. Kind of that modern tight end that, that becomes a little bit of a move guy. Uh, in addition to just being in line and even bumping out wide, but we see some of these tight ends in the NFL now taking handoffs, things of that nature. I really like him. I will try to draft him, and I think he's going to be fourth, fifth, sixth round. I mean, unless you listen to the official and you've heard me talk about him, I don't think there's a lot of people that are, like, pounding the table for Andrew Rappelier. Um, But I would love to – like, it's the first tight end in a while that I've been like, I really want this guy on a lot of teams. He was, uh, you know, quote unquote, a victim of my late in the process gut adjustments. Uh, he was my tight end two and ended up bumping out of my tight end three. So it's not like he, you know, got nuked or anything. Um, he actually got jumped. I didn't adjust you him. Blew I, it. I adjusted somebody above him. It's really funny. You were saying you're sitting here talking about him like, you know, I like the twitch. Is he very fast? And I'm sitting here going, yeah, that's, I, I like I, I feel like maybe like Hawkinson is a guy. And I pulled it. I have the guide open over here. So I went over to it and I pulled up his thing and our athletic comp and our athletic database for him is tj hawkinson like that he plays like that so he first off like that the athletic comp tool is really really good if you watched yeah. the combine this past week and we're like looking at some of the ones like we like mm. the guys top you know whatever was like it, it was they, they were very very good so um major shout out to matt and david and you guys that for collecting all that tool. data and, and continuing but if you look at like why i think this is such a good tight end class you looked at the the athletic comps for our top guys here deuce robinson his athletic comp is darren waller Rappelier is Hawkinson and it's a, he has a, they have a very good, you know, raw athletic score. My, my big guy, Pierce Sperlin, that I think is probably my preferred tight end of this class going to Georgia. His is Eric Gilbert, the six, six, two forty kid that moves like, he which from an athletic He's, comp is great. I think yeah. we all know at this point there, there's some other stuff going on, but pure yes. athletic comp, that's what you want. I mean, we've seen Eric Gilbert unleashed once and he was, really, really good when he yeah. was unleashed and ready to go. You've got a guy like uh, Kenyon Sadiq, who his athletic comp is Tony Moiaki. I don't remember how many people love Tony Moiaki. He was probably a guy, honestly, that was ahead of his time a little bit in the NFL. Yeah, we're uh, seeing a lot of that now. Chad like, yeah. floated around a little bit, but I, I think he would have been a better player. Um, and then Camorian Pimpton, who we actually don't have an athletic comp for, but he's, you know, 6'6", 220. You guys talked last week, has like the biggest wingspan in the class. Yep. Like, you know, kind of checks all those secret boxes that Vanderbilt has somewhere because they're a bunch of yes. nerds and they, they've, yes. they've cracked the code on this stuff. Um, so, I mean, it's it, it's a really, really interesting class. And I think any of those five, I, I'm probably going to try to grab at least one of them in all of my drafts. I'm really hoping it's Sperlin, if I can help it. I just think 
Like George is not afraid to roll out two or three tight ends. Like we, we oh, might see him not. this year and he's already six, six, two forty. Like he's probably ready to play. They're probably not going to ask him to block a lot. They didn't ask Brock Bowers to block a lot as a freshman either. Like they'll, they'll figure out if you're good enough. Cause they haven't recruited wide receivers well. So I Sperlin's my guy, but I think, you know, Rappel. Yeah. I really like him. I, I really, really like Pimpton. I really, really like Sadiq. Like I like all five of those guys. And then there's even some, some deeper names that we threw in here going to, you know, pretty much known tight end develop type places that I think will be, or, or could be interesting names two or three years down the line here as they continue to, to grow. And, you know, you know, it's six, six, two fifteen. this guy, Joey Schlaffer going to Penn state. Like, yeah, probably won't hear from him for a year or two, but it's just a name you keep in the back of your mind and, and, you know, it, it could be something. Yeah. I mean, when you get down to like, you're talking about some five foot, a slot receiver who's wide receiver 74 or you could take like you said this guy going to penn state or lawson lucky going to georgia um as they're you know tight end two in the class you know i don't hate taking a tight end there i think we all just you know i know for a long time i've been like well tight end you just don't know and it's going to take two to three years to get ready you know to basically mature and, and actually show up on the field but you know, a difference making tight end is really great. So if you're just taking some slot receiver who you don't know much about, I would, and, or you could get a higher end tight end, I would try to do that. So it's funny that you say that because I find I <clears throat> so I am in some like deep Dgen C2C leagues. Like I have multiple leagues that are like 20 teams, 24 teams, 28 teams, like single copy college side. Like you are digging deep, mm-hmm. and I find in those leagues that I actually end up with more tight ends. Because yeah. the other options become less appealing and people aren't really necessarily paying attention to the tight ends. Like I had one last year that I, I took like RJ Maryland really late. I took um, um, uh, uh, the kid that's at Arizona um, who didn't really hit oh, yeah, as much last year as we thought. Yeah. I took the kid that's at Oklahoma that I, that I liked a lot last year. Like there were like five or six of these guys and I just get to the end and I'm like, well, kind of out of running backs, kind of out of wide receivers, but I got like, six tight ends here. So let's just uh, stash yeah. a couple of these guys. And I mean, then, you know, you, you catch some of these guys early, like, like Maryland. I mean, I, that's a problem. I think it's know, a bit of not. a myth too. I mean, we'd have to crunch some numbers, but I think, you know, we assume, Oh, you need two to three years to mature as a tight end. I'm not sure that's always the case. I mean, they'll find a way to get the ball in your hand. If you're athletic, maybe you're not going to be in line, you know, blocking for the, uh, you know, fourth and one where they need a yard, but like, they'll get you on the field. I think these teams are using these tight ends in creative ways. So I don't think it's like a foregone conclusion. You won't see a guy for years. Um, well, we have gone way over. Normally you try to keep this show to 30 minutes, but as a special guest, Felix dropped in. I think everybody will enjoy all the things we talked about. Maybe they'll have to use two sides of their commute to get through it. But, um, you know, thanks so much for jumping in on short notice uh talking through the guide and i really appreciate all the work that you do you know obviously we talk about the official all the time but austin does so many things for the website um on the back end and and a lot of the you know not so fun kind of businessy things and so appreciate everything you do and felix he's not here anymore but you know we love felix and, and he's the hype man the propaganda guy so um glad you guys could join us thanks for coming on the official and uh i mean anything else you want to say i I guess enjoy the rest of your well it's not a month off because your real job is actually a big a big deal right now so it's definitely not a month off we're recording it's 8 50 p.m eastern i will probably go back to my accounting job for the next hour and a half so um brutal stuff it's it i tried to do it i i did do it last (laughs) year it sucked i i refused to do that again so 
Well, I will let you go. Get back to accounting. I'm glad you were able to give us a few minutes of your, of your time. And, uh, you know, with that said, this has been The Official. Oh, <laughs> oh,